everybody. We are just going live with our podcast. This is redirecting us, so hopefully we are live. That's brilliant. So two seconds before I bring Vidya on, I just want to make sure that we have everything in its rightful place. Ah, fabulous. Hello, this is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and this is, I don't know which episode, <laughs> an episode of I'm Not Doing, episode 10, thanks video. <laughs> episode 10 of I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol and today we're here with Vidya. Hello Vidya, how are you? Okay, thank you, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So, tell us, what's your business called and tell us all about your business. So, my business is Vivid Outcomes. Um, So, I run a practice at home. I'm a holistic um, therapist. So, I practice in hypnotherapy um, and some other therapies, actually, that some people may may not have heard of. So, there's EFT, EMDR, and I do some mindset coaching, and I'm a mindfulness trainer. So, there's a whole load of things that I do, but basically helping people to just make those changes in life that they find sometimes a little difficult to manage on their own um yeah so that's really me in a nutshell <laughs> that sounds fab so what what made you get into this is this something that you've been doing for a long time well no not really i used to be very overweight and i lost loads of weight about three four years ago now uh, five and a half stone and i I knew it, weight had been this thing that had plagued me for quite a long time and I was just unhappy about it. I wanted to change. And finally, I'd managed to do it, but I really got intrigued that, you know, what was so different now? How did I manage that? And so I looked at my behaviour and I studied some um, behavioural stuff like NLP, which it looks at all human how how humans really compute um, experience and I just got fascinated because I thought well if I understand that then I can help other people in a similar position and it just you know one thing led to another and I found myself studying my hypnotherapy and a whole load of other therapies too to really just um, embellish that understanding of myself and so that I can help other people better so yeah I just it's it's organically grown and so now I'm no longer in the diet business because after all this time I've I've realized you know we always see people sometimes erroneously think well if I just lost weight I'd be really happy well, actually, the happiness you've got to find within your life first. And actually, the rest comes along as a result of that. So, yeah, that that's me. That's that's how I fell into my business. Yeah. So you touched on that you're not in the diet business any longer. So were you, what, were you, what was your involvement in the diet business before? So I was... Um, so I did, I did a specific diet. So I did the one-to-one diet, which really worked for me. And I was a stay-at-home mum at the time. I had three boys. I had left financial services a long time ago. And I thought, what am I going to do? 
And so I, I thought that was a way of me getting back into some form of employment and it gave me that flexibility to work from home. So I thought, yeah, you know, I'll give that a go. And that's really how I began. Uh, but I left it basically because my, my passion for that had really dwindled. I love all this stuff because I really see the power of change through the work that I do now and really so many people who ever came to me on the diet front they were battling with things like anxiety or depression or just general bad habits but the bad habits had formed because of something else going on and it was the something else going on that really was the thing that I just loved working through with people so yeah I just followed my passion and I I just went with it yeah no that sounds good um I, I yo-yoed um, up and down on my weight for uh, probably my whole um, life. So I, I, I really, you know, and I keep a handle of it because I'm really into exercise and, and I'm, um, I do an anti-inflammatory diet now, which means that, you know, there's lots of things that I can't eat anyway, which really keeps me really even. So that's really handy. But I do feel for, I do feel as a society um, that, that diet, even the word diet, you know, is, is so poorly used now. But I do feel that people don't understand the foods that they should be eating and, and that food is medicine. Do you find through your therapies that you're um, creating the correct mindset for people to be able to actually lose that weight? Yes. And that's the way round. It kind of has to be done. So when people say, oh, you know, uh, it's just a case you'll lose the weight if you eat less and move more and and that's a simple enough equation but it's so much more complicated than that there's so many underlying things and people don't in in a society where we're just bombarded with food and all those outlets and food is so convenient it has gone from being just medicinal or fuel to this instantaneous reward that you can have at any point you want and so I found that people were just and I include myself you know medicating some of their life through food when actually the you sort the mindset out and really what's going on in there and the food thing kind of alleviates and sorts itself out and you will adhere to what's good for you in your well-being and what's not if you're in the No, I completely that completely resonates with me because I can't eat gluten or, or <laughs> sugar or high carbs or anything like that because it, it I've had chronic pain since I was like 14 in my knees and ever since I cut all of them out the pain is just so much better and I yeah. find now if I eat gluten or high sugar or anything like that, I'm just in a world of pain, not just my knees, but my stomach hurts and I get headaches and things like that. And I always say, after I've done it to myself, after I've eaten something I shouldn't eat, I always say I, I self-sabotage. I completely self-sabotage because I know that I can't do it. And when I do it to myself, I'm like, oh, this one thing won't kill me. Well, it won't kill me, but it bloody hurts the next day. <laughs> or even 12 hours later, I, just, I feel it so badly. But it's amazing... Yeah. Not until you feel well, even if it's your mind or your body or, you know, physically stronger. It's not until you feel that that you then, you know, stop self-sabotaging more. 
So is that the kind of, you know, the, the process yeah. that you go through with your people? I do. And I also look at that concept of self-sabotage. Because actually, we think at that moment, so say you go off piste and you just have what you're not supposed to have. Yeah, a bit of it is you could view it as sabotage or you can view it that something else is going on to make you want to do that. So what is it? Is it that you want to fit in and be like everybody else that's sitting there and eating what they can eat? And in that moment, do you feel it's not fair? That If that is a feeling, then... Actually, that sabotage isn't sabotage. It's trying to be helpful to you. You you may be feeling left out. Your unconscious mind is saying, hey, listen, don't feel left out. I've got the answer. Go and eat that and then you won't feel left out. It's like an answer. Yeah. A <laughs> carrot cake will, will make you feel so much better and it bloody does for those it, five minutes. Yes, and then afterwards, I'm like, oh. Totally. It is that. So for that... For that moment, you feel better. And that's, so the sabotage thing is a funny one because no one intentionally, even those who are going through such pain, they just want to end their life. They've never come from that place of, I want to hurt myself. They come from a place of, I just want to be happy. And we all are driven that way. So I, 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 I guess I, approach people with mindset with a really compassionate more kind of mindful view that's my that's my area I think and that's how that's my approach out of kindness and it's not a oh you can do whatever you want kind of kindness it's a let's look at this for what it really is and face that in a in a really positive way not a self-beating way. And I think that's how you make the changes for your mindset if you for the long. Yeah. So how do people how do people come to find you? Tell us that firstly. You know, well, where where can you be found? Where can I be found? I can be found in my garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got a beautiful garden well, office, haven't you? I, there's so many people that have got them, and, and I've just got in contact with a local garden office company who are going to come and quote for this huge big thing that I want doing because I currently live in a building site. So I think if my office yeah. is away from it and beautiful and relaxing and lovely, yeah. nobody might ever see me in my house again. <laughs> yeah, because this is it. I was working from inside the house and I had a room and it was fine. I just found the chaos of familial life, which is normal bit too much you know I had to go can you keep the place tidy kids can you just and it just stopped feeling like home and work I couldn't separate the two so it really was important to just come out of there and even get some separation and think yeah you know what I'm going to work I'm not just going to do a little bit of work and then think all right yeah I'll go and fold those clothes and come back and you know I was getting a bit distracted so I thought yeah I've got to move out um so yeah in the garden in in my house um but yeah so i'm i'm over in redhill in surrey and people just find me really my, my most of my business comes really from word of mouth i think in the business that i'm in 
just as it is in yours, you really have to build that rapport, that trust that you are the person that is going to give, there's going to be the viable solution for this situation and navigate, help navigate somebody. And you really, it's all about trust. And so somebody feels inspired or motivated by someone else's words that they really trust. Um, so yeah, most of my business is word of mouth. Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. It, there's nothing, there's no better um, rubber stamp than somebody saying, you know, if you if you need anything to do with property, then speak to you know Denise Ferguson. If you if you you know need some some help with you know realigning your mindset, then speak to Vidya. You know it's just you don't need any of the other things. But you can also be found on social media, can't you? Because I'm, yeah. I'm always um, Instagram stalking you. So, yeah. so tell us hi. hi. Tell us where you can be found on Instagram yes, and you're on Facebook too. Yeah, so Instagram and Facebook, it's just Vivid Outcomes. And my website is vividoutcomes.co.uk. And so people can, for some sessions and mindset work, I can definitely work remotely. So I do Skype sessions or Zoom sessions with people um, on that kind of weekly basis. It's only really the hypnotherapy that I think, yeah, or EMDR where I say, yeah, you, you come to see me. But for most so what is what is EMDR? Sorry, I, I have no idea. I don't know exactly. I've just gone throwing jargon in there. Do you like yeah, that? Com- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start. You. I know, oh, I'm just going to start saying rent review, lease renewals, yields and everything until you faint. <laughs> Touche. I love yes. that. I love right that. back at you. <laughs> oh, do you know what we haven't spoken what? about? So today we don't have a sponsor today, so Alfie, you're not our sponsor. Um, but we are drinking Alfie. Well, we were drinking Alfie vodka, lime, and lemonade. But Mm. Lydia, what happened to yours? It smashed. It smashed in the post, and I got a really kind soggy soggy letter in a in a piece of plastic with a tin rattling tin apologising for the state of the package that <laughs> arrived at my doorstep. I felt most so funny. With, I felt most had... that they delivered it. That was really kind. We've had some that have never turned up. We've had some that have turned up days late, but we've never had a smashed one. So well done. Congratulations. So proud. <laughs> It's a real honour. I don't know who to thank. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank my family, my friends. (laughs) So you were telling me about, was it EMDR? Yes. So I, really, I'll start with EFT because that's called, that's emotional freedom tapping. So say you feel, you feel all this emotion, okay, but you feel it in your body before you've even thought, oh, I'm feeling really stressed or I feel really anxious or, you know, you'll probably have a feeling in your stomach or this tightness in your throat. Something else is going on. That's the feedback your body, your mind receives from your body. You then attach an emotion, you then attach thoughts. So EFT is really, I've got my little prop here on my table, shall I show you what it is? Yeah, I do. Oh, my kid has got one of them. This is your brain when you're feeling really stressed. Okay? That resonates with me a lot. 
it can be slowly or it can be fast but I, the essence of it is is when you're stressed you go into one part of your brain that emotional center the rest of your brain literally shuts down it, it it's offline you're just in your emotion so EFT is about tapping acupressure points on your body which actually calms your body system down so that your brain receives kind of different feedback so it calms down and you actually talk through your what's what you're experiencing so say you're feeling really angry you kind of rate how angry you feel from naught to ten and you might be feeling like an eight or a nine you tap parts of your body your acupressure points but it's a bit like i can only explain it like if you had to pat your head rub your tummy or is it the other way around what is it doing those things pat your head and rub your tummy i think yeah it's a bit tricky you might you see you're doing it like a pro but if you swapped hands can you do it can you do it i bet you i can't hold on no yeah because i'm I'm rubbing my head now yes oh oh, the hair the hair no you've wrecked my hair (laughs) (laughs) but you can't be stressed in your stress center and tap at the same time your mind can't do it so that stress is there but you bring the rest of your brain back online to examine your your feeling and your emotion so you process the emotion very differently so anger isn't just anger you start to learn what is behind that anger that feeling right there and then and you can really dumb down the intensity of that emotion so I found it really helpful for children who, you know, it's really hard to articulate our thoughts and they really learn a sense of emotional intelligence about themselves in a way that, if I'm honest, our generation just <laughs> didn't really learn. It's a bit like, I'll oh, get on with it then. And I think that's Yeah, so- I think there's a generational problem, isn't there? I mean, I know, I know we talk a lot about how we've raised... Uh, a nation of snowflakes and, and, and there is an element of that which I do completely agree with I do worry about uh, a section of parenting that, that focus too heavily on children not doing anything for themselves and, and not having um, basic social and functional skills, that does terrify me and I know way too many of those children and it really scares me, however we were raised with a, you know, too much of the get up and get on with it mentality. And I think there's a balance to be had. And I'm not saying that I get it right because I definitely don't. You know, if my kids fall over, it's definitely get up and get on with it. But when it's an emotional thing, I'm very uh, keen on allowing them to have those emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think it's allowing them... and just getting them to understand it to move on i think yeah the snowflakes are generally have been raised by a generation who didn't have that intelligence so they make up for it the other way the other extreme so kind of this overcompensation they're feeling really we must because when we were growing up no one understood us and so 
there's a bit of that going on. So I think really the future generation, it's a real opportunity to say, listen, I know you've got all this stuff going on, learn about it, understand it, and you can then move it along. And actually all the therapies that I practice are about that, empowering that person to go, yeah, okay, this is going on for me right now. And I have tools in my own toolkit to deal with them to not feel this sense of stuck with an issue or stuck with a problem but yeah you know what I, I experienced this I know how to manage it and I can do things which are well within my own power to move that along so that I feel better and I can crack on I'm, I'm all about that not that kind of go to therapy and be stuck in it because that too is it's not helping somebody I don't believe it's keeping them trapped and locked in a world that they themselves have created so I'm all about you know what you come to me I will show you that this room that you believe you're in and feel stuck in you're not stuck because there's a door that you just haven't noticed in the corner and I'll show you that door just walk through I'm a bit like that yeah, no, that's good. It's good that you kind of uh, acknowledge that actually it's equally as damaging to people if they remain within the, the four walls that can be contained with therapy. You, you mentioned, though, uh, a while ago that you do, that um, the tapping is really good for children. So do you, it doesn't sound like you have um, kind of niched down into children, but you do work with children. Is that right? Yes. So I, I really. People have often asked me this, and even my old business coach said, you know, you're going to have to niche, you're going to have to get your niche sorted out. And I I have really, I, admittedly, I really struggled with that because I, I don't see, I see all human beings as human machines. It's, it's all, I have to in order to do my job well. I kind of strip out, everybody has a story, everybody has a narrative based on their experience, based on, you know, it's unique to that person. However old you are, you strip all that away. The way you process experience is, the, is very the same. It's just the nature of the experience is different. But the way in which we would experience a bad, really bad trauma would be the same for every human being. So I kind of strip out, I kind of strip out the, the story of it and really focus in on what does it mean to that person. So yeah, I, I find it difficult to hone in on just one kind of age group or one demographic because... To my mind, everybody's human and actually we all need a hand. And I love working with children because they're actually so refreshing. They just have less stuff and shit to really clean up, if you don't mind my language. But they just, no, I, they just my, have my kids are, uh, uh, are used to me saying shit, so feel free to, to shit free. around as much as you like. But I completely I resonate with, with... I keep saying resonate. Sorry, I will choose a different word eventually. Must be my word of the day. Um, I do completely understand the whole... I know, yeah, resonate. 
Um, no, I get, I, I get the whole not niching down. I think it's a really good business tool, but when it comes to working with clients, I'm exactly the same. So I do. I, yeah. uh, so I explained this to a, a gentleman that came to me yesterday, the day before. He he was saying, "Oh, you know, um, I, yeah, I need you, but you say that you work with female entrepreneurs," and I was like, "Right, okay. About thirty percent of my clients are men." But I find that female entrepreneurs don't ask for business premises help because they don't feel that they know where to even start. So I feel like I need to advertise to women, this is where you can get help. I'm here, like, come to me. Because it's proof is in the pudding that men just come to me and they just ask. Whereas women are like, oh, I didn't know that I could do this. You know, I just thought I just had to sign whatever you know, the landlord gave me and I'm like, no, 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 no. If you are opening a business premises, please, for the love of God, do not sign anything until you've had professional help. So I, for me, niching yeah. is about marketing and advertising. It's not about the demographic they actually serve because I wouldn't ever say no to, you know, a, a man because he's not a woman or, or, or transgender, you know, let's, let's not start. Um, <laughs> It's not niching down. Yeah, no, exactly. It's not niched down too far. But, I, you know, I really do think so. If, if it's not a marketing or an advertising problem for you, then I would carry on doing what you're doing. And actually, you know, those that I see, so children, their parents need equal support. A lot of... This day and age, you know, so many children get referred to child um, and adolescent mental health services local to them. And it can be very isolating for the parent, actually. And I'm there as much to support them with their child's mental health than the child themselves, really. Um, so, like you say, I just, I just market to who I think yeah, I could really benefit right now. And so it seems that I'm dealing with lots of children. Um, but it's really positive because I'm helping the adults too, which it could only be a good thing, really. Yeah. So how do you do that? Do you do like group sessions or do you do like individual sessions with like the parents and the child? Yeah, I do individual sessions. So I'll always see a parent first. And then just to gauge what their view is and what they think is wrong because sometimes the parent thinks something's wrong the child doesn't and then i know what's really going on and sometimes what the parent thinks is the problem is not the child perception at all it's something quite different so it's really good to get a good map and see where where the holes are where there are matches and kind of bring it together somewhere and i show the adult um the parent, the, the techniques that I might use with the child. Child also learns the techniques and actually it's a thing they can just like bond over a little and share because some of it is that most children don't want to say half of what they really want to say with their parent. They don't want to hurt them or upset them or you know displease them in any way they wouldn't share that ordinarily with anybody. They wouldn't share that with a friend. They wouldn't share that with their educators. They wouldn't share that with anyone. And actually that's that feeling then that builds up and they feel stuck with it because they don't, they can't get it out. You know, for, for example, oh, mum's really, 
she can be really bossy or she overfusses or she really worries about me and I they they've got nowhere to say that and I think if anything I just offer that just an impartial just an impartial ear that really is not in their dynamic and for that they really they take a lot of value from that yeah I'm a huge advocate for for children being in therapy I mean if they need it but I'm a huge advocate for adults being in therapy as well I've yet to meet an adult that that didn't um, need therapy in my opinion so where where's where's your business going then what what can we see in the future what's the 2020 vision so exciting 2020 it's therein is the pun isn't it um i am really looking forward to just so 20 so if i reflect on this year it really was about starting to put myself out there and saying hey look at me this is what i'm doing and really ramping up my sense of presence um and so 2020 is really just taking that forward that one step further and getting involved in collaborative projects so in January I am um, launching my own podcast with a coach that's local to me Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that some workshops and I do long term I really do want to do more um, group sessions where I can really reach people who can't necessarily afford my services on that private level um so in that in this run-up to christmas i've just i decided you know i am privileged enough to do what i do and there are some people who really need my help who i know i could really help but i i know they can't afford they can't access me because of finances and it breaks me that that's the aspect that breaks me i have to earn a living myself to support my own family but there are times where i do think god i really i i can't i can give so i decided you know i'm gonna give a few hours in the lead up to christmas and i really was humbled actually the other day because there was this lady she's had a really you know really sad life shit life really shit really shit and actually she's got every reason to be so pissed off so angry so bitter so so dejected yet when i was with her she just oozed kindness compassion for others that that love you know like you could feel it and yet she didn't have the capacity to feel that love within herself for herself because life has been shit and actually it broke me because actually I thought gosh you you're one of those rare people who has been struck by such adversity yet you have not allowed that to affect who you really are so I I really it did really make me consider that I have to be I have to rethink my model a little. So whilst I can do all this private one-to-one work and that's really doing great guns, I do want to also offer kind of group um, sessions which are more affordable and more accessible for people, some people. Um, 
So that's kind of where I see 2020 going. Yeah, I don't. I I often think about that, and I I think because I I'm business to business, there's not much opportunity for me to you know go back and help the community because um, myself, especially my eldest daughter, but we we do a lot of um, things of charity and, and volunteering and stuff like that, and um, and I always think business wise, there's not a lot we can we can do, but I suppose I could help the smaller charities. So I, I I should add that to my vision for 2020 and help some smaller charities. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, because even even those small little things, they make such a difference to somebody else, and you you just don't know how how much it, it can make a difference. Even sitting with an old person who's feeling a bit lonely for half an hour for one day would, could just be their highlight of their whole week. You know, it's it's just little things. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in a reflective mode this week. Yeah, food for thought. Okay, so we are coming to the end of our podcast. Yes, Tell everyone anything else that you need to know about you before I move you on to something a bit funner. Oh, <laughs> a bit funner, like? A bit funner. Um, yeah, funner. Um, yeah, there's not much to add, really. Uh, if you need to, if you want, are interested in getting in touch with me, then just... Um, visit my website it's vividoutcomes.co.uk and I do do remote sessions so if you're interested in knowing more you can just drop me a note I've got a contact form on there so yeah feel free oh Lucy's saying some lovely things on here we're beautiful and that we um that we're helping lots of people and Chad who I went to school with hi Chad so good to see you He's saying, if you can't help 100 people, then help one. It could be only one person that, that needs it. Yeah. Isn't totally. It? Yeah, thanks, Chad. Um, so anyway, I end all of my podcasts with mm. the eight-mile moment. So everyone knows I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I've, I've publicised that enough as it is. But I also love Eminem and I love the movie Eight Miles. So... He does all those rap battles by saying all the worst things about him so that his opponent can't say them back. Vidya, mm-hmm. what are the worst things about you? Worst things about me? That when I when I lose it... See, people think I'm really calm. I am really calm, but when I lose it, I really lose it. I have been known to just stand in the kitchen and just drop a plate on the floor for the hell of it because I'm so angry. Yeah. I, I regularly lose my shit. Mm. Yeah. And that's yeah. coming from somebody who should really have all this jazz on lockdown. But even I too, on the odd occasion, feel it. I feel it. Lose your shit. <laughs> Do you think it's... Do you think it's important to be able to be able to lose your shit sometimes? I think so. You've got to be appropriate about it. So for me, in that moment, I thought, yeah, it's a plate. And I just it was a plate. plate. It was a now plate. Now it's dust. It was a plate. It's, yes, which I, and there we go. The lesson was, now he's going to have to clean that up. Yeah. So I haven't dropped any plates since. And so I've learned there's no point losing your shit like that. No, I'm a shouter. I'm a shouter. My husband, um, 
Animal from Police Academy. He gets the uh, YouTube clip of Animal from Police Academy. I don't know if you know what I'm referring to, but he literally goes like, and that's what my husband says I do when I lose it because I just literally go like, and just completely lose my mind. You need to come to me for some tapping. I do, don't I? Completely, just start tapping. Bless my little cotton socks. Thank you so much, Vidya, for being on the podcast. It has been amazing. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast, please contact us at info dash. Oh, I've done it again. Info at find surveyors. No, done it again. Info at find dash surveyors.co.uk. Get it wrong every single week. Every single week without fail. Um, so if you want to be on our podcast, email us there. Uh, if you want to be a sponsor, we've got lots of sponsors coming up. It's so cool. So if you want to be a sponsor, please do. If you are a distiller and you want to send us some drink like Wax House did last week, then please get in touch and we will drink it and rate it and review it and let you know. As always, share, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and have a fab time. Catch you later. Bye.